Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wedor 2017 is being broadcast by this flash place here at Te Whare o Te Waipaunamu in Ōtautahi, the headquarters of Te Rudanga o Ngaitahu in Christchurch. In this, the electorate debate of Te Taitonga, before a live audience with the three candidates standing in this electorate race. They are May Reedy Tare of the Māori Party, Green Party MP Matiria Ture, and the current MP, Labour's Rino Tirikatane. Uh, o tira ngā iwi o te taitonga e mihi atu ana ki o koutou katoa, ko Julian Wilcox. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we will have a debate in four parts, and at the end of each part, we'll be taking questions from the floor. So if you do have a question, we ask that you direct it to one of the candidates, not all of them, just to save us some time in the broadcast. Now in a moment, we'll drill down into the issues that matter to the people here in Te Waiponamu and in the electorate of Te Taitonga. For our listeners, as you know, this is the largest electorate in the country at over 153,600 kilometres. It's four times the size of the second biggest electorate, Clutha Southland. Te Taitonga extends north from the Wellington city to Whanganui Atara throughout the whole Waiponamu Rohe and south to Rakiura and southeast to Farakauri. But first, ladies and gentlemen, the three candidates contesting the seat. We want to hear from them and their introductory remarks. Then you'll get another bell at 1 minute 30 and then a continuous bell at 2 minutes to signal the conclusion of your time. Meitare Reedy, you are the newest candidate. You've predicted that this election will be the end of the Labour Party's dominance of the Māori Party vote. So tell us, why should those in the Te Taitonga electorate vote for you? Kia ora koutou. E tuana i raro e te maru o hekurangi maunga. Ka te tiro whakawahe e te urunga o te rā. Ko ngā wai o matatini ka napa-napa mai rā. Te awa o te waiapu e rere atu rā, e rere atu rā, e rere atu rā. Yes, I have again claimed the mantle of hekurangi maunga. But I stand here both as a mokopuna of Hamoterangi, who was the mother of both um, Ngāti Pro and, of course, Ngai Tahu. So, yeah. kia ora koutou whānau. I have a vision that I want to talk to you about. I have a vision of a bilingual country where the reo is spoken everywhere, right alongside English, where all the signage is in both languages and where our place names, the original place names, are reunited with us. And with this reuniting of our original place names, we can then remember and honour the stories that our tipuna gave to those place names. I want to tell you a little story about a place I went through yesterday. On my way to Hokatika, went through this beautiful little place called Kumara. Yes, Kumara, just like the vegetable. Except, of course, the people say that it's, I said it wrong, it's Kumara. In actual fact, everybody's got it wrong. Its original name was Kohimaramara, mm. named after a beautiful plant that was often gathered there. So these are the types of stories that I think we need to bring back into Aotearoa. And we bring that back in with our reo, which then instills in us the pride that we have in both our reo and, of course, in our whakapapa, that thing that makes us unique and special to New Zealand. 
Now, the Māori Party has already been doing this. We've taken that revitalisation process and it's gone back out of government, back to the people, back to Fano, back to Hapu, back to Iwi. And $23 million has gone into Te Mātaiwai to make this happen. We want to continue to advocate for our reo to be compulsory in schools. We want to increase funding so that there will be lots of reo teachers out there to help us remember that special pride we have in this taonga. I want to work towards a bilingual nation. It will bring respect and honour. And with this pride, good for Fano, good for iwi, good for Aotearoa. Kia ora koutou. Kia ora. Tēnā Next is the Green Party MP, Matiria Today. Wow, you've been busy, eh? It's been an interesting time, and many would say that you have paid the ultimate price for exposing the plight of beneficiaries. And of course, you've stood down as the co-leader of the Green Party. So, Matiria, tell us now, here tonight, why should people vote for you to be the Tataitonga MP? Kia ora. Kia ora koutou, koutou e mihi I live in Dunedin. I'm asking you for two things at this election. The first is that you give your party vote to the Green Party. And that's because we need a strong Green Party at the heart of what I am certain will be a new government after this election. Absolutely certain. It'll be a government that is led by Labour and that I expect will have a strong green heart with a caucus of my colleagues. I really hope that it includes the Māori Party because I think this is a government that could be truly progressive with Labour and the Greens and the Māori Party doing Mm. our work together. I'm asking you also that if you believe that I represent you to give me your electorate vote. And that's because you know who I am. You know that I will fight for you. I will fight for you and for your whānau and for your whenua and for your awa. I've spent 15 years in Parliament working to change our government, to change our country for our whānau and for our whenua. And yes, there's been some turmoil and I have sacrificed a great deal of my career in that 15 years to bring these issues to our country, but it worked. Finally, we are talking about what it means for our whānau to live in poverty, and I am proud of that. But my work is not done yet. And I want to return back to Parliament to continue to fight for our whānau and for our whenua. And for that, I need your electorate vote in Te Taitunga. <coughs> Kia ora koutou katoa. And finally, to the incumbent Member of Parliament for Te Taitonga, the Labour Spokesperson for Customs and Fisheries, Mr Rino Tirikatene, who currently has a Member's Bill to entrench the Māori electorate seats in Parliament. So Rino Tirikatene, you've been a long-term MP in Parliament, with questions many people ask about what has been achieved during your time as an electorate MP for this Rohe of Te Taitonga. So, why should the people here tonight and those listening on Tau FM continue to give their vote to you for you to be the MP of the title? <laughs>
A tēnā koutou e ngā mātā waka o te motu. Tēnā hoki koutou e te hau kāinga, e aku rangatira, e oku whanaunga o ngai tuahureri, ngai tahu whānui. Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, kia ora tātou katoa. Whānau, it's a privilege for me to be representing uh, you as your member for Te Tai Tonga. Te Tai Tonga is the largest electorate in the country, it's the most diverse, and our people are the most resilient. We've been through a lot the past five years, from earthquakes in Christchurch and Kaikoura, loss of our miners on the west coast, the re reduction of industries around, around particularly Otipoti. So we need a change, and you have a strong advocate in me, but the winds of change are blowing throughout the motu whānau. The mood is changing for a change of government. We've had nine years of national, and under our new leadership of Jacinda Ardern with Calvin Davis, it's really sparked a sense of change and anticipation of what we can hope for with a new government for our country. And I want to be part of that. Yes, I've been proud to serve our, our whānau for the last two terms, but it's really hard in opposition whānau. No one wants to be in opposition. We're in this game because we want to govern in the interests of our people. The winds of change are blowing. The momentum is with Labour. We want to change the government, and I'm asking you to give your party vote to Labour. We need the strongest mandate possible so we can lead the next government. And I'm also asking for your kautoko, for your whanaunga, to continue my mahi to represent you as the member mo te taitonga. Nō reira, e, e ngā rauranga tira mā, e aku whanaunga, te mā koutou, te nā koutou, kia ora mai no tātou Thank you very much, te nā koutou We have a question from the floor. The question comes from Mr Josh Joseph. We heard recently that your leader um, said she wouldn't make the same mistake as Helen Clark. Given that's the case, what has the Māori caucus within Labour Party done to ensure that the same doesn't happen with water? And what has the Labour um, Māori caucus done to ensure that that decision that was made by Helen Clark is repealed? Well, thank you, Joss. Purely by strength of numbers, we are going to be a quarter of the Labour caucus of the next Labour government. So our Māori caucus will form the heart. We have Calvin Davis as our deputy leader, and I have no doubt that we will have many Māori in the next cabinet. In terms of uh, Jacinda stated her position, I assume you're talking about the foreshore seabed, she would not go down that path. That was the legacy of, obviously, Helen Clark and the Fifth Labour government. I disagreed with that. I was on the hikoi just like everyone else. But, you know, we have to show contrition, which we have, but we also have to move on. And I think the foreshore seabed legislation is long repealed. We already have marine takutai moana legislation in there at the moment. That was put in by the Māori Party and the National Party. That is the law. So there's no point trying to sort of uh, accuse Labour when our laws, it's not in the books anymore. But sure, we are contrite. And uh, I know that being the heart of the next government, we will ensure that we will not be making those mistakes again. We've earned back the trust of Māori. We hold six of the seven Māori seats. And I know that the next Labour government will be doing a lot of work in the areas of water, treaty settlements, continuing on the mahi that all governments are obliged to do. And uh, I'm certainly looking forward to being a part of that. Tēnākwe Reno, thank you for that answer. Tēnākwe Josh, thank you also for the question. Tewero 2017 is being broadcast from Te Whare o Te Waipaunamu, the HQ of Te Runa Ngaitahu, here in Ōtautahi Christchurch, with the three candidates 
for the Te Taitonga electorate. They are made really tardy of the Māori Party, the Green Party's Materia Ture, and the current MP, Labour's Rino Tirikatane. Katahuriake tātou ki ngākau papanui o te wā. Pike River. Labour's support for the Pike River families remains steadfast. Fano want their Fano members back. Jacinda Ardern reiterated Labour's support when she met with the Pike River families in her first official meeting as party leader. Meitari Reedy, will the Māori Party support the retrieval of those Fano members and return them back to their Fano? That is a very simple yes. I understand Marama Fox has already signed a mm, MOU yeah. that actually says the Māori Party is committed to doing that for our Pike River Fano. Matilda mm. Tuna? Yeah, so I met with um, the Pike River families as well, and um, we've, I think we've all signed um, an agreement with them um, to make sure the law is structured right so they can go back, there can be a proper investigation into the site, and that if all of the safety provisions are met, and there's really good evidence to show that they can be, that those, those men will be brought out. And uh, I've seen some of their evidence. I'm absolutely convinced that those men can be brought home and they should be as soon as possible. General City Carter, we operate in a world now with the health and safety legislation where it is critical and imperative health and safety comes first. Isn't the National Party's approach, the cautious approach, of ensuring that health and safety is observed first to make sure that those family members can be returned, isn't that the better approach? Look, we've lost 29 miners on the West Coast and the whānau are still grieving because they haven't re mm. returned their loved ones home. We have all signed our respective parties an understanding whereby we will make this a priority under the ne next Labour-led government. We will appoint a minister specifically in charge of working to ultimately, we hope, retrieve the two pāpaku and bring closure for mm, those whānau. Let's not forget that this is the biggest crime scene that hasn't been solved. And that's what I think. No one has been held accountable for Pike River. That's right. No one. No one in solid energy. No one throughout that whole... That, that was an absolute disgrace. And we need to get to the bottom of that. And not just sealing up the mine and just saying we can't go in there. Right. We need to bring closure for those whānau. It's been seven years this week since Christchurch was struck by the magnitude 7.1 earthquake. Thankfully, at that time, there was no loss of life. But, of course... The 7.1 earthquake was just a precursor to the February earthquake that killed so many, 185 people, mm. and utterly devastated this region. Mm. And then in November last year, of course, we had the earthquake in Kaikoura. It's not hard to meet people who are still waiting on unresolved quake insurance claims. It is still a hot topic. And the minister of the time, Jerry Brownlee's answer, seems to be, and for many people still seems to be, Read your contracts. Mm. Matidia Ture, how would you rate the performance of the insurance companies here in Christchurch and what would you do oh, to fix it? It's been disgraceful. I've had um, cases come to me who, uh, who are still waiting. Um, they are still living in homes that are broken. They are being stalled continually and having either their claims dealt with or the government coming, providing them with any kind of assistance. And so for many whanau, it is the, the trauma of the earthquakes um, is, continues for them time after time. How do I rate 
how National performed, their priorities have been wrong, they have been uh, putting money into projects that are unnecessary um, and are vanity projects and not into the basics, transport, health and housing for our whanau who need it most desperately here. Meitari really is this particularly an issue for many whanau, many of our whanau actually, yes. uh, in, in, yes. in areas like the east of Christchurch. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we know, and I guess your views are going to be the same about rating the performance, but what do we do to fix the issue in so, your view? So the interesting thing is I was just in Kaikoura recently and, um, and one of the fire there, one of the amazing women who is demonstrating all that resilience that we're talking about actually took us through that road that no one else can go through because she lives at the end of that road. And we could actually see the devastation that was going on there. So there is a lot of work going on, but of course she's saying, you know, seven years later she still has to, you know, she can't move at the... Um, if it's raining and uh, it's all very, very you know, careful, careful as she goes through there. But one of, the one, one of the things I wanted to say just is that she also told us about all the work that the Kaikoura families have got out of this mahi that's going on there. And they're talking about like thousands of dollars going into homes now because of this. So yes, there is a terrible, terrible downside and it's just taking forever, but... There is this positive side of it, and whānau are actually going from strength to strength. Mm. You've been the MP. Why haven't you held the government to account further? Why haven't you held your feet to the throat of the government with this particular issue, particularly on behalf of our whānau in the east of Christchurch and other parts of Christchurch, adversely affected by the earthquakes, six years ago? Well, look, I, I, I dispute that because uh, every day I am, and my team are helping whānau who have been impacted by the earthquakes. And, uh, you know, those messages are going all the way through to the minister. Absolutely heartbreaking when you see the frustration and the, and the anguish that whānau are going through when they haven't sorted through EQC or, or insurance issues. And that's why we want to cut to the bottom of it and we want to fast-track arbitration to settle those lingering disputes so whānau can move forward uh, we also want to really unlock the potential of uh, Ōtautahi in Canterbury through fast-tracking all of the central CBD projects as well because, you know, it's been stymied for too long and uh, National have been sort of just looking after their mates but they haven't actually been moving Canterbury and our whānau forward and that's what I've been doing every day working with our whānau across Ōtautahi. I want to now move to uh, environment issues, particularly freshwater. Uh, and this is a major issue, obviously, in this rohe of Te Taitonga, particularly in Te Waipanu. Mm. The Māori Party says Māori own water. The National Party says no one owns water. The Labour Party says everyone owns water. I'll start with the Green Party. <laughs> sure. How do you good, respond? Good, good. So uh, we say that Māori have both customary and proprietary interests in water that there can be no progress on the issues around the management of water until uh, iwi Māori, whānau Māori, hapu Māori have been the decision makers over what happens with that. It requires us to have a whole new process though because the government process has failed, both those who have an environmental commitment to protecting our water, but also iwi and hapu Māori. So the first thing is iwi and hapu Māori have the first say over what happens. Um, and then we need to be working on all of those issues together around how to protect our water resources, that if there's a charge on water, like we would like to see, how that charge is managed. So we've said there should be a charge on bottled water. Initially, 50% would go to regional councils for environmental work, 50% would go to iwi Māori, 
because it's their water. And then we would actually sit down and work out uh, with Iwi Māori at the heart of it about how we would manage further charging of water across the board. Right. Yeah. Mate, really, that sounds good. Is that a policy that you would support? Is that a policy that the Māori Party will get behind? So let me tell you what our policy is. So first off, I've, I've actually been around our law here, the entire electorate, and this is the most polarising issue right. amongst all people. The only thing anyone ever agrees on is that if they pollute the water, they fix the water, they right. clean it up. That's been the consistent court at all. So yes, everyone says, you know, everyone owns it, no one owns it. We say Māori own it. What we are saying is that because of our proprietary rights, what we want is a Royal Commission of Inquiry so that we can have a all about this ownership. Okay. Never mind the business about who, you know, bottling water and um, royalties and taxes. That will come after we have established who owns the water. I just want to come to Reno because your party leader says everyone owns the water. How can that work? Particularly, how do you take into account iwi responsibilities, iwi's rights and interests? Because it, the, the, infer- the inference is, Māori don't. We need to be very clear, Julian. Māori have legitimate rights and interests in water guaranteed under the treaty. Right. That is without dispute. Everyone knows that. National government and a Labour government, that's sacrosanct. What we need to do, though, is work with iwi to ensure that we can get proper definition around those rights, expression to iwi, whether it's management or whether it's recognition of those rights in how we manage our waterways and our, and our why Māori all across the country. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but can't you just say right now, iwi have rights over, iwi have That's ownership over... That's what I just over, said. Right, OK. okay. But I guess the further question then is, uh, and, and this is something that's interesting, is that the national government has talked about getting a, you know, a panel of experts together to look at rights and how that might work out and, and that kind of thing. Are you talking about a specific allocation to iwi, like the 50% that Matidia today has talked about? What does it look like? What's the size of it? Look, our priority at the moment, if we look at how polluted our waterways are, particularly here in the Waiponamu, is we need to clean up our waterways. And that's why we're proposing that the major users of free water who profit from it will pay a royalty to help with the clean-up. And that money will be going to the locally to the regional councils and to iwi to help with that clean-up. And also the work will continue between a Labour government and iwi Māori. We're not there to undermine treaty rights. We want to give expression to those rights. And that's ongoing work that will be happening. It's a complex area. Yeah. And, uh, but we are committed to ensuring that we make good progress in that area as government. Thank you, and I thank you for all your answers on, on this particular issue. We uh, have a question. Uh, strap yourselves in. She's a Ngāpohi. Um, <laughs> this question is from uh, Whaia Tihi Puanaki, who I may or may not have met. Uh, Whaia Tihi, <laughs> your question, and uh, to whom your question is being put. My question is really to nephew and Matilia. I-, I wish we were all together. We need each other. You don't down. Politics is a numbers game, auntie, and we're all in it to win it. But when the race is over and we get to see who made it to the finish line, then the court it all begins. And I'm sure that our leadership will extend an invitation to the Māori Party in terms of a discussion around formation of the next government. Because it's a numbers game. We need to get the numbers and we need to, you know, to, to actually lead the government. I, you know, I do acknowledge the Māori Party for the work that they've done. You know, it's hard for them. They've held up a, a dominant, national, ineffective, sorry, nook, <laughs> government. You know, but they've had to hold them up and, you know, we're quite a lot. But 
um, look, help is on, on the way. And I think there's more commonalities that we have than differences. Oh, so uh, my co-leader James Shaw has said very publicly that a, a Labour, Greens, Māori Party government is his dream government, um, which goes to show you know, where we are when it comes to um, the negotiations. There is a bit of a reality check, which is that Labour and the Greens have committed to changing the government. So the Green Party is saying... We will not support National under any circumstances after the election. Um, but the Māori Party has not said that. So there is still a bit of uncertainty about what the Māori Party will do after the election, um, which is why we need to have the strongest Green Party as a partner for Labour. May, I want to give you the right of reply to that. Right. Well, in actual fact, the Māori Party thinks first and foremost we need to be in government. So whoever is the one with the numbers and needs the numbers we will be negotiating. If we get a phone call from Labour, Kapai. If we get a phone call from National, Kapai. Because our job is actually not necessarily to prop up these governments, but actually to make sure that the voice of Māori is being heard in that government, whatever it looks like. That is our commitment to you. Thank you very much. Please stay with us. You are listening to Te Wero 2017, the Te electorate debate. Wedo 2017 is being broadcast from the HQ of Te Runangangaitau, Te Whare o Te Waipaunamu, here in Christchurch City. And we have our three candidates for the Te Taitonga electorate here with us. They are May Reedy Tare of the Māori Party, the Green Party's Materia Tūne, and the current MP, Labour's Rino Tirikātene. Homai te pakipaki nui Rino Tirikātene. Invercargill already has a zero-fees tertiary scheme. Mayor Tim uh, Shadbolt says, if you introduce this policy nationwide, it will crush his city in this electorate. How do you respond? Well, Mayor Shadbolt is the longest-serving mayor in the history of Aotearoa, so uh, I'm sure he'll be saying something very parochial uh, for Murihuku, and good on him. But we want to invest in education. It ensures the wealth and prosperity of our nation, and it lifts up our every Māori whānau to a higher income bracket by just achieving higher qualifications. But we want to make it also easier for anyone of any age to take up further training. And that's why we're saying three years post-secondary school education for all Kiwis to take up at any stage in their life because we know with the pace of change happening in the, with work and technology that people do need to retrain and we want to make that available and it's the investment that we will make which will get dividends back to the whole Whole more to. Mm. Okay. May, May Reedy Tade, you gave a very impassioned plea, I think, at the beginning of this quarter uh, relating to Te Reo Māori mm. and how important it is for you. What do you make, therefore, of the national government who has introduced $160 million to introduce a second language in schools mm. that includes other languages yeah. like Mandarin as well as Te Reo Māori? You know what? I think a second language is a great idea as long as it is Te Reo Māori. So if we could have all of that money going into supporting the availability of te reo via teachers, via kura, via developing our kōhanga, I will be the first to support that. That's where we need to be putting our investment. Uh, Materia today, uh, I want to talk uh, charter schools or the partnership school model. Uh, the Greens essentially want to abolish the charter or partnership school model. That would affect many special character schools that are Māori. 
Charter schools are uh, an experiment that's enabling national uh, and their support parties to um, massively overfund some schools to the detriment of all other schools, state schools, and our kids are suffering as a result of that. So yes, we need to make sure that there is flexibility in the provision of education, but it shouldn't come at the cost of a few individuals being able to set up uh, basically as private companies and take three to five times more funding um, for their kids than any of the other schools get because most of our Māori kids are in state schools. A lot of them are in kura. They aren't getting the funding that they need to take care of their kids like they should. Kura are still struggling to be able to even build whare on their school building so that they can actually operate as tikanga Māori schools. National is doing nothing about that. So, you know, while there's this experiment around charter schools, actually our kids in most schools in this country are suffering for it. So let's have, right. let's have real flexibility. OK, so Nino Tenakate, why has the Labour Party essentially then done a flip-flop? Uh, you know, you've, you've got ones like Deputy Leader Kelvin Davis who has essentially said he will walk if Labour shuts charter schools down. Well, here's my whanungan from Ngāpui. As Matiri has said, we don't like the, uh, the experiment around charter schools, but of course we know that we can um, work with those existing schools to turn them into those special That's character right. schools exactly in accordance, right. but, so we can get the fair funding okay. and the fair treatment across the board. But I agree, you know, our beautiful kura like the Pāorākai Hotu, you know, they need a new site for their school. And that's what I want to be working on, is ensuring that they get a pa one and a site that's mm, big and that can right. meet the needs for their future growth. And, you know, that's what we want to achieve in working with our whānau in government. Thank, thank you very much, Lee. I want to move uh, our quarter along to another major issue, actually, that um, has a massive effect here in Te Waipaunamu. I want to talk about immigration. I'm actually going to cast aside some of what New Zealand First, particularly the Labour has said about, uh, the, the leader has said about immigration. I want to focus on particular... Uh, issues like the immigration numbers that your party has been talking about in Aotearoa Katane, uh, cutting immigration numbers between 20 to 30,000 a year, mainly international students studying low-level courses. Isn't there a detrimental impact to small businesses from labour following that particular COVID? But we also need to look at the other side, and that's the pressure that it's putting on our infrastructure, our housing, our facilities our roads, just the whole lot. We need to get the balance right. And Māoris have been fans of immigration, or well, supported immigration since the treaty. You know, we, we recognise that there were opportunities there for us. But unfortunately, you know, we got uh, the rough end of the deal. But however, immigration is really important, but it needs to be managed and it needs to be turned on and down in accordance with the needs of the economy. And what we're finding at the moment is we're getting too much of the wrong types of immigration. And uh, it's putting pressure and locking our whānau out of housing, rental housing, pressures on our education system and the like. And so we need to just, you know, take a breather and make sure that we get the settings right. Uh, and then when things come right again, yeah, sure, we can um, turn it back up again. But at the moment, there's just too much pressures and they haven't been dealt with under the national government. Matilda today, I saw you shake your head. I mean, do you support uh, what appears to be a, a higher Kiwis before immigrants employment scheme? Well, we, we have got to stop blaming immigrants for what is structural failure by a government. So if a government is not building enough houses for our people, it's not building enough houses for our people, it's not immigrants' fault. If they're not building enough proper infrastructure, it's not immigrants' fault. If they're not helping create regional economic development so we have great jobs for everybody, it's not immigrants' fault. And for as long as we keep blaming them for this, we let government off the hook. And that's, I've got a real concern about Labour's position on this, because if they're going to allow 
blaming other indigenous communities. I mean, we're talking about, like, as Māoris here, we are talking about people who are indigenous in their own countries, who have fought their, right, their wars for sovereignty in their own countries, self-determination. We should be connected to these communities, not blaming them for what is actually a structural and economic failure by successive governments. I don't want... Labour to continue with that fallacy because I think that it puts the responsibility in the wrong place. May Reedy Tade, uh, your party has a policy of, a, of an internship scheme to have migrants work for two years in the regions as builders, doctors or in other skilled work. What do you say to some who would put the assertion that that is equivalent to slave labour as, as it is an unpaid internship scheme? Well, I want to actually address the fact that um, we are members of the global community, so I do think we have an obligation in that role. However, the values that the Māori Party espouses is actually manaakitanga and kaitiakitanga, which is actually what both of my colleagues here have talked about. And first and foremost, though, is our focus is on upskilling our own first, making sure that they are fully employed. We give them jobs first. And then once they're upskilled and employed, then we can start looking at bringing in the necessary skills that we need to go out into the regions, give them jobs, and make our regions boom like us. What we really need is is them out there. So, so, so I don't know whether I answered your question there about whether or not they're an intern. Not, not particularly. But we but are going <laughs> to get, but at least if we are moving them into regions, that is the first place for them to be. That's where we want them, not up in Auckland. Mm. I mean, we need them in the regions, and if it's to encourage them to go there by paying them to go there and slave labour, it'll only be for a sh- short period, and then they will help that community grow. This is Tuero 2017 broadcast from Te Whare o Te Waipaunamu in all Tautahi Christchurch City and we are with the three candidates for the Te Taitonga electorate. They are May Reedy Tade of the Māori Party, the Green Party's Matiria Tude and the current MP Labour's Reno Tirikatini. Kia tahuri ake tātou ki tetehi kaupapa kua roa a kua nui te taupatu patutia e te motu whānui. Poverty. Matiria Ture. UNICEF New Zealand says 295,000 children live in poverty. Yes. Both National and Labour have set a target of lifting 100,000 out of poverty in five years. Is that figure too low? It's too low and way too long. It's ridiculously long, sorry. We can do it in a term. Um, we could do it in a budget. So in one year, and we could bring at least 200,000 of those kids above the poverty line uh, with fixing benefits, fixing some of the working for families, getting rid of the discrimination and creating a children's credit and increasing the minimum wage. I announced exactly this plan to do that (laughs) six weeks ago. And I am 100% committed to that plan because I know it will work. We have had enough of listening to, you know, measuring and a little bit of here and a little bit there and they just have to wait and we can do this number of kids now and this other number of kids later. Actually, those kids can't wait anymore. We are done with talking about it. We just have to get the job done. It will cost about a billion and a half. So, you know, it's going to cost us some money. We have got it in the government coffers. We know that it's there. We just have to choose to put our kids first for once and for all. Kia ora, Matiria. May really tare. 
I, I, saw, I saw you nodding, and I suspect you're, you're in agreement here. The big parties have talked about this uh, poverty target. Has the Māori Party got a target? or, or is no, it? No, we don't have a target, but we completely agree that poverty okay. should be completely eliminated. It is one of the key planks that we stand on. But I, I find it rather fascinating when we talk about poverty. We treat it like a single issue. A billion dollars, I think that might be just the start of it. Because I want to talk about, if it's inequality, this is about economic disparities. And an example is, why does a Māori woman get paid 25% less than a Pākehā man? Yeah. So why is it that fifth child that's failing is a Māori child? So there is money there. In fact, you know what, we should take it out of the prison budget. $750 million been allocated to the next prison. Let's take it out of there and put it into fixing this problem up. Please. OK, I'll, I'll come back to, to Dino Tidikantini. Dino, three areas in Christchurch, Sydenham, uh, and Phillipstown, there are 3,045 tamariki hospitalised with poverty-related but preventable illnesses in the past three years. You have been the MP. What is the action that is required and how come this hasn't happened over the last three years since you've been MP and why have you perhaps not pushed that as hard as you should have? I work with these whānau daily. A national government that has been underfunding our health system to the tune of $2.3 billion since 2011. That's why we are seeing our rangatahi, our tamariki, show up to emergency departments. That's why we see uncollected scripts in the chemists, because whānau aren't registered with their PHO, with their uh, GP. 10,000 Māori in Canterbury alone aren't registered with a GP doctor. And yet, our tamariki are free. Look, our country is only as good as how we treat our most vulnerable. And under the national government, it's been an outright failure. We want to properly fund our health system, and that's why we're committing to an extra $8 billion into health, more than national, in our first term. Okay. Uh, um, May Ritari, I apologise. I might not have put the question as well as I, as I should have. Essentially, I was talking about a loss of language culture and identity yes, yes. actually contributes yes. to the issues that we're talking Absolutely. about. And I think it's to both you and, Mati and yeah. Matilia today. So therefore, they, in your view, should they Absolutely. be on the list? Absolutely, they should be. I mean, it's about the whole poverty. The poverty issue is way bigger than just let's fix the housing, let's fix the... It's all about getting jobs and um, kai on the table, being able to choose between a living wage instead of a minim minimum wage. It's so huge. We shouldn't just be going get rid of poverty, you know, one click and it's gone. Yeah, it's okay. so much bigger than that. Matilda today, uh, I want to look at rangatahi, particularly this election. Uh, rangatahi make up a big proportion of the missing million voters from the last election in yeah. 2014. How do we get the rangatahi out to vote? How will you get the rangatahi out to vote for you and for the Green Party? We know that in Titai Tonga there has actually been an increase in the um, enrolment of rangatahi and it's a really high increase. I think it might be the highest across the Māori electorates maybe, um, which is really good news. So that means that it's not just us, um, the MPs and the, the candidates, but actually the community is getting young people enrolled to vote, which is fantastic. And anybody who's listening will, should know that when advance uh, voting starts on the 11th of September. You can just turn up to a polling booth, you can enrol and vote at that same time. Mm. So you don't have to do it ahead of time. 
um, and that's really important. But for Rangatahi, they've got to they've got to believe and have hope that their votes make a difference. And this election, we know that we are changing the government. We are know we are making it more progressive. We know that we are bringing more young people through the Green Party list, like Chloe Schwarbrick, like Jack McDonald, um, into Parliament to represent them and be their voice. And that is is part of what can help drive more and more young people to enrolling and to voting. Um, May Reedy Tare, uh, the Māori Party has been big on its message about using social media to try yes. and engage with rangatai. That's a platform. It's not a message. Actually, I'm going to tell you what my strategy is to get rangatahi to, um, to the polling booths, and that is to appeal to the wahine in that family to the mother, the nanny, the auntie, the big sister, whoever it is, that is the key person in that family. And we have been appealing to her to go and get your whanau, go on Monday, get your whanau together, take them down. But it is up to that wahine in the family. And I believe that she can do it. She can move her family in the car, down the polling booth, yeah. and <laughs> vote, man, vote. Lino Tirikatane. Uh, this, this is a generational question, and all three of you are um, just a smidgen over 40. Um, so what's your offering to Rangatahi to encourage them and engage them to get out and vote? Look, we want to uh, work more and make civics uh, education compulsory in all schools. Make sure they know the importance of their vote, the importance of being enrolled, uh, also giving them other life skills like driver's licence and the like, so they're equipped and they're ready to, you know, when they leave secondary school, to take on whatever they, they want to do. And so it's working, preparing our rangatahi, it's working with them right within the schools and wherever our whānau are, right across our Māori communities. And it is diverse. Like I said, we're <coughs> North Island, South Island, rural, provincial, uh, Taitonga has it all, but it's actually working closely with our rangatahi. Well, one final question for you, Matilia, today. It is a rangatahi-related question. National government boot camps, your opinion? Oh, they, they are a demonstrable failure. They're just a means by which our kids um, are subject to further abuse. Um, if we want to work more closely with our kids, we need to do that in a tikanga Māori way, uh, with Māori providers, with Māori education, with us boosting their, um, their sense of their own rangatiratanga uh, and not have them tortured through a boot camp process that has failed um, Indigenous people all over the world. Kia ora. Our last issue for discussion tonight is... Housing. May Reedy Tare, three randomly selected areas in Dunedin St Kilda, Cordesfeen uh, West, and Stuart Frederick Streets. 31% of properties are rentals, but only 11% are state homes. What is the Māori Party's housing policy that will help get whānau into their own homes, particularly in those areas within Dunedin that I've just mentioned there? I'm going to have to first say I don't know those areas in Dunedin, but we have a very strong policy around social housing. <coughs> social housing, that is um, a basic right of all of us. It needs to be dry, safe, and the most important thing, affordable. And to get them to that stage, we need support, actually not just from government, but I think we need to be working with our iwi. I mean, it's already happening here in Angaitahu. They already have emergency housing available here. They are a great example of what we can do everywhere else in Aotearoa. Ramatidia, today I'm going to ask you the same question. Would you ban foreign speculators from buying 
existing homes. Yeah, we've said that. And we will also con um, make, put in more controls to prevent um, the super wealthy from being able to buy up um, precious land, rural land, farmland. In the yeah. south, it's particularly acute that um, there's a, a whole, you know, a whole cohort of uh, wealthy, often Americans, um, who are coming in to buy some of our most precious land. In terms of the social housing, though, I mean, those areas you mentioned in Dunedin, you know, some of that, one of those areas is really is student housing, one is particularly poor housing, one is slightly wealthier. Um, and so what we need is a concerted house-building programme that I agree with, with May, you know, is government partnering with iwi Māori, with community organisations, um, with some private developers, uh, with councils to build more houses, to actually to be the driver of housing provision across the country because housing, the provision of housing, should be treated like core infrastructure. It's just as important as clean water. It's just as important as electricity provision. We cannot have a decent society if we have... 40,000 people living homeless on the street. Uh, Renault City Hartini, you've already made clear what you think of the foreign speculators' yes. questions, so I'll ask you something different. <laughs> 50,000 of the 100,000 homes Labour will build are going to Tamaki Makoto. That only leaves 50,000 for the rest of the motu, and your leader has spoken also about Queenstown requiring housing as well. So what are you going to do to make sure areas like Dunedin, Invercargill, East Christchurch and Westport get their fair share? Our Kiwi Build programme is to build 100,000 affordable homes in 10 years. So it's a 10-year massive building programme. Obviously our immediate focus is on the high need areas such as Auckland, such as Queenstown, but we are going to be building in all the major communities around New Zealand. It may not be thousands, but we will be building houses because if there's one thing that Labor, the next Labor government will be doing is building houses, stopping the sale of our state houses, building more state houses, building more affordable homes through Kiwi Build, making the conditions better for our whānau that rent, but also trying to put them on the path where they can um, own their own home. So it's, I mean, the housing crisis that's developed under nine years of the national government um, is a disgrace. They won't admit that they've created one, but it's evident for everyone to see, and uh, we just want to crack on and make sure that we build more houses for all of our whānau. I have one final question for each of you. Uh, the first one I will ask is to Reno Tirikatane. The Labour leader, Jacinda Ardern, as we know, has said that she would not have enacted the seabed, foreshore seabed uh, legislation. Will she now and will you now perhaps acknowledge that the Labour ministers did know about the two Hoi raids and an apology should be issued for that? I wasn't a party in part of Parliament or in the uh, Fifth Labour government under Helen Clark. Look, those are legacies that they have left and we have paid the price for that. We have been contrite. I certainly am. And I just want to make sure that you know we can... Um, move forward in terms of making sure that we can hopefully earn the trust of the people, and I certainly do believe that Labour is well on track to doing that, but also we want to um, address the issues around the, the mamai that was created, but I certainly believe that all of those things are interconnected. If we can get the well-being of our whānau right through health, through housing, through education, through higher incomes, all of those things can help with the well-being of our whānau, and that's really the priority that we want to be focusing on. May really tardy. I think I think all of you potentially uh, have Farno uh, or have had Farno in gangs. But May, I wanted to ask you: Do you consider those Farno members in gangs to have less human rights than you? Absolutely not. They deserve the same human rights as everybody else. Very very saddened by that um, policy that was recently announced. 
And because I do have whānau who are in gangs, a lot of my whānau in particular are actually quite ill. They're mentally, they have mental health issues. And the last thing they need is cops breaking down their door and taking them off to boot camp or, you know, prison. So absolutely against that. And I think everyone deserves the same rights as everyone else. Mm. Kia ora. Matilda Tude, he or she who lives by the political sword, <laughs> dies by the political sword. Do you have any regrets now that may in fact lead to the end of your political career and on the other hand might lead to perhaps you running an NGO benefiting your, from your political <laughs> expertise? I don't regret telling my story. I don't regret uh, speaking the truth about what it's like to live on welfare in this country. I don't regret that other people felt... Um, inspired and felt that somebody was listening to them and to their stories too. I wish I had understood more about the effect or the, the likely um, smear campaign against my whānau because that was why I had to quit, to stop my whānau from being um, what I think was just abused. Um, but we changed the conversation in this country and made poverty an election issue and we brought people out of the woodwork who were saying, this is what my life is like too, and their voices deserve to be heard. Their voices are as important as anybody's. They're more important than mine. If I don't make it back to Parliament, I won't regret having done what I did, because we deserve to be heard, every single one of us. Um, I'd now like to ask uh, each of our candidates uh, to make some concluding remarks. I'd like to start with you, May Reditare, from the Māori Party, Tenawe. Oh, kia ora koutou. Kia ora koutou, te whānau, o te kaitonga. I want to remind you how beautiful and strong and wonderful you are and how gracious you have been to me to come down from Wellington to embrace you and to be part of you. I want to thank you also for the stories that you've shared with me about the hardships that, you know, you're still suffering under seven years post-earthquake. I want to thank those who have taken me into their amazing confidences and told me about the desperate feelings that they've had and that they've wanted to move on and their whānau are the ones who have held them tight. Thank you for your resilience in the face of that evil called institutional racism. I want to take your stories to Parliament. I want to be your voice. I will fight for those stories in Parliament. I need you on Monday with that wahine in your house to get down to the polling booth and to vote for May Reedy Tare because I am for you and I am the Māori Party. Kia ora koutou. I now uh, turn to you, Matidia Ture of the Green Party. This is our best opportunity to change the government and to create a new and progressive one. And so I'm asking Te Taitunga to please strengthen the arm of the Green Party in that new government. We have lived through a previous Labour government and they didn't do everything they were supposed to. They didn't fix everything that they should have fixed. And the only way they will this time is if the Greens are a strong partner with them to make them do it to clean up our rivers, to deal with climate change, and to finally end poverty in this country. And if you want to see me back, if you think I represent you and you want me to speak on your behalf in that place, then yes, please, give me your electorate vote. But more important than anything, return my team 
Martimer and Jack and James return my team as strong as they can be so that they can fight for all of us in the new government. Kia ora koutou katoa. And finally, to you, Rino Tinikatane from the Labour Party. We are just over two weeks away from a defining election for our country. There is a mood for change. There is momentum with Labour. Jacinda Ardern will be our next Prime Minister. Kelvin Davis is her deputy, and I'm part of a massive Labour Māori team that will be the Māori battalion within the next Labour government. So I want to continue the work that we're doing, but I want to do it in government. And I know that we have the team... And we want to fix up the damage that's been done under nine years of national. Let's make a change. Nō reira e te whānau o te taitonga. Me pōti tonu koutou mōku, tō koutou whanaunga. Pōti mō te rōpū reipa. Me tini te kāwanatanga. Kia ora tātou katoa. Kia ora, kia ora, tēnā wā. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our Te Wero debate, Te Wero 2017. But can I finally get you all present here to show your appreciation for three people who I think are all outstanding candidates um, who represent their parties well, with pride, and represent, most of all, Māori them with pride as well. Could you please show your appreciation to our three candidates, Matilda Sude, May Rini Tare, and then Otiri Gautama.